I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is the ESG Investing Special. Really, really, really thrilling because. This is such a new concept. This is such an interesting concept. Okay, ESG guys. So ESG, it's a style of investing, and it stands for Environment, Social, Governance. Okay, and to explain all of this and why it's important, I have with me Deepak Kurana. Deepak is a Proposition Sales Director, Sustainable Finance, and Lipper in Asia Pacific at Refinitiv. I love this name, Refinitiv. I like Definitive. Deepak, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Let's get started. Right. Two things. First. Tell us about what exactly is Refinitive, and then we'll go to the concept of ESG. Uh, thanks for having me, Anupam. Uh, I'll try to answer the question in two parts. Uh, firstly, I'll briefly touch upon uh, the background of uh, Refinitive, and thereafter, we'll briefly explain the concept of uh, ESG. So, on the first part, uh, we Refinitive are a global provider of uh, financial market data and infrastructure. Uh, we provide information, insights, and uh, technology that drive uh, innovation and performance in uh, global financial markets. Uh, we enable uh, the financial community to trade uh, smarter and faster, overcome uh, regulatory challenges, and uh, scale uh, optimally. The company was founded in year uh, 2018. Uh, Thomson Reuters sold 55% majority stake of its uh, financial and risk FNR unit. Uh, to Blackstone Group on October 1st, 2018. Uh, the deal valued the total financial and risk business at about uh, USD 20 billion. Uh, this business was formed into Refinitiv. Now the company is jointly owned by Blackstone Group, uh, which has a 55% stake, and Thomson Reuters, uh, which owns a 45% uh, stake in the company. Uh, we have an annual ten- turnover of around uh, USD 6 billion and serving more than 40,000 institutions in around uh, 190 countries. Uh, one of, so if I've so, sorry, sorry, sorry. So if, if, if I've, if I've, if I've gotten you right, you are the guys who provide the entire market data and much more, of course, that, you know, say brokers, asset management companies, all of them use for their analytics of the market, of companies, of global assets, commodities. Am I right in that? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we, wow. yeah, across all asset classes, we have a length and depth of uh, data available with us. Please, please, please. Yeah, please and, go. Uh, also, specifically to this subject, uh, sustainable finance, ESG, we are the leading provider of sustainable finance content and information globally. Our solution includes uh, company ESG data and ratings, Country rankings basis, sustainable development goals prescribed by UN, fund ESG scores, sustainable finance league tables, uh, sustainable finance, uh, you know, uh, across, you know, uh, you know, length and breadth of solution we have got in this. Coming to the second part of the question, the concept of ESG. So in simple words, uh, ESG stands for a combination of three building blocks, environment, social and governance. So ESG means using E, S, and G building blocks to evaluate companies and countries on how much progress they have made with the sustainability. And uh, sustainability is the ability uh, to maintain the provision of value-adding services uh, without compromising the ability of others, including future generations, to meet uh, their needs. Uh, ESG are the range of key risks and opportunities that are increasingly acknowledged as important elements for uh, companies' long-term performance, 
So at the bottom line, uh, it's the non-financial information that has material implications on the financials of uh, companies. Uh, one important point, ESG is not meant to reduce uh, the return of an investment or uh, limit the investment universe by excluding bad companies. Uh, ESG is rather meant to enhance the long-term return and help investors to evaluate companies more effectively. So back to you, uh, Anupam. Sure. Very interesting. Um, so if I if I have understood this right, you know, ESG in India is still relatively new. Right. I'm pretty sure that it would have started much earlier, uh, say, in developed markets like US, Europe. Can you tell us about the background and history of ESG, where exactly it started, how it got popular, both from global perspective and in India? Right. So I'll again try to break uh, the question in three parts, Anupam. Uh, first is background and history. Second, uh, how it became popular uh, globally. And the third, specific trends in Asia. So talking about the first part, the background and history, uh, the basically the roots of ESG goes back to a socially responsible investing. SRI is the term that is generally used with the companies with irresponsible practices for factors E and S were excluded from the investment considerations. The first instance of SRI dates back uh, 200 years where a holy club movement protested against investing in companies that made weapons, tobacco. A similar movement took place in 1960s in the light of Vietnam War. The difference between SRI and ESG lies in the fact that ESG-based investing is considered uh, to make financial sense, rather just sticking to the ethical consideration, which is the case with SRI. Uh, the ESG concept came into the light with the UN PRI report of 2006, which consisted of Freshfield report and the forum Who Cares Wins. So the term ESG was first used in the letter, uh, the forum Who Cares Wins, and highlighted the ESG criteria must be incorporated in financial uh, evaluations. Uh, moving to the second part, how ESG became popular, the multiple reasons uh, for the strong traction for uh, ESG. Uh, government across the globe are emphasizing to consider ESG risk, especially climate, as a fiduciary duty for uh, institutional investors that largely includes asset management firms and asset owners, pension managers and all. So currently an epic wealth transfer is taking place from the baby boomers to the millennials. Uh, millennials worry about climate change, get outraged by companies' bad behavior, and uh, prefer to work with ethical companies. So uh, going forward, uh, the investment industry is expected to actively align their products uh, with preferences of this specific investor segments, the millennials. So far, it was you know HNIs, you know you know institutional investors where the focus has been. But going forward, millennials are also going to be the central uh, focus of uh, asset management firms. And also the growth of passive management is putting active managers under cost pressure. They need to generate alpha to, uh, in order to justify the fees. Uh, so one way to achieve this is to include additional insights such as ESG uh, into the investment process to outperform the benchmark. And few other points like consumer demand, reputation risk for companies are also enabling uh, ESG push. Uh, so these are the few points that highlight the rationale behind the strong traction for uh, ESG. Uh, and the growing acceptance of ESG can be seen through numbers as well. The PRI forum, uh, the 
you know, principle of responsible investing. Uh, forum now has 2,500 plus members uh, representing assets worth over USD 100 plus uh, trillion. So which is kind of a sizable number. Uh, assets dedicated to sustainable investments have grown at 11% CAGR since 2014, a consistent you know, growth we have seen. And uh, the growth is expected to be uh, similar over next few years as well. That's the projection that is made by multiple research firms. Uh, the AUM of self-identified ESG fund is ex expected to contribute close to 36% of global AUM by uh, 2020. So some very exciting numbers you know, to support the growth uh, story of ESG. And the third piece, uh, specific trends in India. I'll make some quick comments for Asia as well as uh, you know, in addition to India piece. Uh, though uh, ESG is more prominent, as you uh, alluded uh, to your, uh, you know, earlier uh, during the session, uh, is more prominent in US and Europe. It has gained traction in Asia and India too. Um, some governments like Hong Kong and Singapore in the region are taking the lead uh, to promoting ESG as part of their economic growth agenda. A uh, Chinese regulator has made it mandatory for all Asia companies to disclose ESG-related information we have Japan Pension Fund, GPIF, the world's largest pension fund, has put ESG at the heart of their investment strategy. So uh, very exciting trends. And India, too, uh, is beginning to witness some uh, action in this space. As we know, SEBI uh, in India asked the top 1,000 companies to disclose uh, ESG details as per business responsible uh, reporting BRR framework. So this is, uh, you know, the Indian standards, Indian uh, disclosure framework for disclosing uh, in, uh, ESG information prescribed by SEBI. Uh, we call it BRR. Uh, firms like SBI Mutual Fund, they have integrated uh, the ESG research in the core investment process. We have seen uh, quantum SBI access have taken a lead in rolling out ESG theme funds. Firms like DSP, Aditya Birla, Kotak, ICSA Prudential, BNP Paribas, They've already filed their offer documents with uh, you know, SEBI for uh, approval of ESG theme funds. So some, some good traction for ESG in India as well. So this is uh, the brief on the points that you made, uh, Anupam. Uh, back to you. Sure. Sure. I, I wish I could go into a discussion about how the purpose of a corporation itself has changed. <laughs> you know, there was a time where uh, traditional finance theory would say that the purpose of a corporation is to maximize... Uh, investor wealth, shareholder wealth, corporation wealth, whichever, you know, yeah. version that you that you look at it. And now, obviously, shareholder has been replaced with stakeholder. Right. And once you say that the purpose of a corporation is to maximize, you know, or rather to to benefit all stakeholders, then, of course, the entire... Absolutely. Uh, the entire pool changes. So, let's go into that deeper. Yeah. E, S, G. Now, E is for environment, S is for sustainability, and G is for government. G is for governance. Can you just walk us through each concept, what you know, what exactly it is to our listeners? Right. So I think I'll give you some examples for uh, E, S, and G factor. So let's look at uh, E pillar. Uh, you know, so from our E pillar uh, standpoint, the broad category, you know, resource use could be looked at. And within resource use category, people tend to look at uh, the sections like energy use, water use, and how the company engages with its uh, suppliers. Uh, we could also look at the broad categories like emissions, uh, within emissions, you know, areas like carbon emissions, water discharged, how the company is managing its waste. Uh, so that's also one of the few of the points you know, uh, could look, we could look at while understanding E-pillar. 
uh, talking about uh, the broad category like innovation within the e side. So there we look at uh, you know uh, how uh, the company is spending on research and development activities. Is the company investing in activities that promote uh, environment friendly products or reduce uh, animal uh, testing, etc. So so. Uh, these are the some examples, you know, to kind of better understand E as a pillar. Now, uh, let's look at, uh, you know, social pillar. Uh, within this, we could look at the broad category like workforce. You know, within workforce, people seek answers to issues like how does the company engage with its uh, employees? Uh, this does include policy with regards to employee well-being, option of home of office, Diversion from you know you know day to day work you know some you know uh, quick breaks and uh, within S you could also look at uh, you know broad category like human rights in this uh, you know uh, the focus is on avoidance of forced labor and uh, child labor uh, within a broad category community you know within S you could look at how does the company engage within the community where it operates what kind of a donation does the company make. And within governance pillar, you know, you could look at, uh, you know, pillars like, you know, your parameters like management, which includes various aspects of the board. For example, composition of the board, uh, shareholders, which includes uh, shareholders rights, whether shareholders have a say in executive pay or electing uh, directors. Uh, you know, you could also look at CSR strategy, which includes is the company following any guidelines? Uh, does it report on sustainability? So these are few, you know, some, you know, uh, examples and, you know, way to further understand uh, E and S and G uh, factors. Uh, back to you, Anupam. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Ibo, for that. So here's the thing, right? I mean, you know, factors of, in there are so many factors of investment out there, whether it's momentum, whether it's value, whether it's growth, ESG. In the end, if I look at it from, of course, early, slightly limited perspective of investors right. you know say people who actually believe in uh, in esg so there are a lot of companies out there that actually are are not esg friendly and they also end up you know if you just look at their stock price they also end up giving good returns so if i'm only interested in investment returns you know as say whether it's an amc or whether it's any investor why does it become important for us to consider the esg cr criteria before making an investment yeah i think uh, a very pertinent point uh, uh, anupam uh, you know end of the day people are looking for returns right so uh, you know while esg you know it's a great concept but eventually the bottom line is you know how much money you have made, you have made on your investment so I think uh, let's just stick to the same point of you know performance. So there are a lot of research studies I think done recently clearly indicates that the ESG integration helps improve the long-term performance of the company. So I think we also need to understand that the corporate world across all industry, not only the financial industry, is fundamentally changing. Uh, ESG is exposing lots of risk for uh, companies, and at the same time, uh, you know, lot of opportunities for uh, uh, investors. To cite an example of rather a couple of examples, uh, if you are a business uh, uh, in a location which is exposed to ecological or physical risk like flood, earthquake, your supply chain will be impacted in case of any adverse event. Uh, another example could be the regulatory changes which is happening in U uh, Europe specifically a lot. Uh, you know, 
the regulatory changes around carbon emissions may require you to make fresh capital investments in your manufacturing unit so the whole technology uh, stack or you know the manufacturing unit that you have needs to undergo the revamp so that would expose your business to a transition risk so all such risk impacts the long term performance of company and uh, uh, needs to be accounted for while making investment decision so we all know that the short term or past performance is not the barometer for future performance so if you need a stable investment with better long term performance and lower volatility esg is your answer back to you anupam very inter- yeah very interesting deepak i want to ask you know i have a follow up here because i want to understand this right i'm going to give you a hypothetical scenario okay um let's say that and now that esg is a fairly large factor with a fairly large amount of funds following it uh let's say that in the developed markets us europe where there are pretty strict regulations if a regulation changes out there which requires esg funds to you know uh, to ensure that the companies comply by certain regulations say in labor okay that they can't employ lab- laborers of a certain age etc etc would that have an impact in india you know you have a global esg fund who is actually who holds say xyz company out and it turns out that that xyz company might be complying with indian law but is not in compliance with the global norms theoretically what how would this play out yeah so uh, i think uh, let's just first understand what's going to happen to uh, the fund in uh, us so you know if there's a change uh, in the regulatory uh, you know requirement definitely the fund needs to align to the you know the regulatory uh, uh, you know Uh, sort of guidelines from the regulator there and you know accordingly they need to structure uh, you know their portfolio now and then let's see what's going to happen to the company here in india so eventually the india is uh, the the company here in india is going to have lesser traction from uh, foreign institutional investors so that means that they have uh, you know a lower access to the capital now the the good equity money which was flowing into the company earlier that's not going to be available so i think that's the point we need to understand so uh, india companies they have quite a bit of exposure for uh, uh, for uh, financial institution investors outside india and uh, if uh, the indian companies they want to raise money from overseas investors they need to now start moving towards better esg standards uh, you know so i think we all know that you know the few firms they have already listed their adrs there are few firms who also kind of go and access uh, bonds uh, money through bonds like through green bonds and all so if you need good access of capital uh, then you have to you know comply with you know better esc standards back to you very Anupam. interesting yeah. yeah very interesting looks like this you know this is not just a trend but it's actually going to change the way like you said you know the access to capital that people have okay so folks that's a wrap on the first half of this episode we're going to come back and we're going to talk about real stuff you know that how do you invest in esg companies you know uh, and what has been the track record of everything you know of, of the esg companies in real life we're going to talk about a lot of data here a lot of ways that you can actually uh, refine your strategy and include esg in your investing as well don't go anywhere we'll be right back this is the esg special with deepak khurana proposition sales director sustainable finance and nipper asia pacific at definite we'll be right back and welcome back to this really special esg special 
episode of of paisa paisa my guest deepak kurana proposition sales director sustainable finance and for asia pacific at refinitive refinitive guys like we said in the first of of, of this episode is huge okay these guys are specialists on the esg side first up we spoke about concept of you know the concepts of esg how it applied abroad and in india now let's get to the practical stuff deepak what are the ways of investing in esg companies great uh, i think uh... thanks for this question i think uh, important one and uh, i think we need to move towards more of a standardized approach uh, as of now this kind of a fragmented approach is taken by different players so let's just you know look at what all is being done in the industry uh, so there's no best way to do uh, esg integration so therefore integrating esg invest uh, factors into the investment process should be done in a way that best fits each individual firm's uh, schemes uh, of things the set of common approaches and best practices that are seeing uh, you know acceptance among the large number of market participants such common approaches are uh, you know exclusion policy uh, active ownership uh, esg aware uh, norm based exclusion uh, esg integration in a fundamental way and uh, the best in class so let's just get into the these individual approaches the exclusion policy excludes uh, investment sectors Uh, that are conflicting to the investment criteria such as um, avoiding weapons or tobacco stocks or investments in countries with the poor human uh, rights records uh, outside of these uh, excluded uh, categories investors apply a standard uh, investment approach as usual no changes to that uh, in active ownership uh, the institutional investor seeks to uh, uh, influence companies on many different levels uh, Uh, investors can uh, take an engagement approach where uh, they monitor the ESG performance of companies and engage in constructive shareholder dialogues to ensure proper progress. Uh, a consulting approach is a form of engagement where larger institutional investors and shareholders are able to pursue quite uh, diplomacy. Uh, here, basically, the investors mainly attempt to influence the company through regular meetings with the top management. exchanging information and developing a trusted advisor relationship when your stakes are higher you tend to basically get into a consultative sort of a mode here and uh, in esg of aware approach right so where where you just kind of you know applying esg you you know you as a investors you know that you need to look at esg as a factor uh, in this uh, you know investors recognize the positive contribution that esg considerations can make uh, to the investment uh, outcomes uh this is a broad category and there's a you know varied degrees of incorporation of esg elements in uh, investment decision uh the uh, the approach norm based exclusion is a comprehensive type of negative screening uh that excludes investments in companies that do not meet uh, widely accepted norms uh, such as uh, united nations uh, sustainable development goals carbon emission standards uh the approach of uh, esg integration includes uh, the consistent fundamental analysis of esg issues in order to identify additional sources of risk and opportunity and deliver better uh, investment decision making in this uh, st- statistical models are used uh, to establish a predictive correlation between the sustainability aspects and uh, financial factors and the last one in the best in class approach it's a pretty straightforward investors rank the potential investment options basis their uh, esg performance and select the best performers so very interesting yeah so back to you go on go on sorry yeah. yeah very interesting i am you know maybe at a 
at a retail level one fine day we might even have an esg etf here right uh for retail investors to invest in or maybe an esg fund i don't india i don't think has an esg index right so it etf to i do have, a long way no, so we do have we do have, we do have. Yes. there's a index which is offered by uh, a bsc there's a, a, a index offered by uh, uh you know so nse nse they have one and bsc with the in uh, in the partnership with snp they have one so a oh. couple of indices and in fact we at uh, refinitiv also offer a you know uh, esg based index for india market very interesting so then it's probably just a matter of time for people to um, you know for funds to start a tracker right. which in fact is the last question that i have for you deepak what's the track record out i i know that refinitiv tracks esg seriously in a lot of depth across a lot of parameters so you would have all the data a lot of products walk our listeners through the track record on esg you know yeah. that to me is like the final bottom line right so uh, the disclosure from uh, you know fund companies on esg integrations are st- uh, still evolving uh, so we currently do not classify investment products in the investment strategies as explained uh, in the earlier question uh, however uh, we've done multiple back testing for esg performance at a company level and also at a group of funds level right so broad you know creating a basket of uh, you know esg funds so let's just get into these individual uh the two back testing the broad categories of back testing that we have done uh so let's start with the company part first so to give you some perspective on companies back testing on esg performance uh we recently engaged a research firm with the name of probability and partners to analyze uh, the relationship between esg scores and financial return for large firms worldwide so idea was to kind of keep it very independent a third party research firm looked at the data the data of our esg scores for companies and their respective performance so the research highlighted that uh, you know high scores can actually have a a positive impact on the financial returns of the companies though uh, there are regional variations with some regions faring better than others specifically during the covid-19 pandemic uh, firms with high scores recorded lower financial losses compared to firms with the lower scores so that's something which is important so it helps you protect your downside as well uh exploring the relationship between esg scores and the financial performance data went through mainly two steps the first one was to you know uh, seeing correlations between uh, you know firms esg scores returns volatility and market value and then secondly a broad data regression model was implemented to observe uh individual companies uh, you know through time and uh, esg scores to explain stock returns uh correlation uh, correlating rather uh, esg scores returns volatility and market value resulted in two key themes uh, across all regions uh, within the analysis correlation between esg scores and market value were positive and significant for the period of 2010 to 2018 across all regions so this indicates larger firms exhibit better esg performance because uh, they have more means and resources to invest in sustainability and therefore they are able to improve uh, their scores correlation very interesting sir yeah yeah i was just going to say positive correlation means that higher ecg or uh, sorry higher health health angle out there sorry guys yeah. esg right higher esg scores yeah. means higher market value creation from 2010 to 2018 that was a positive correlation right yes so basically two 
two things you know it helps you you know getting you a better performance and also helps you protect your downside hmm. yeah very interesting right. so that, so that so, you know that's once you've got a positive correlation between an esg factor and market value i think 8 years is fairly uh, is a fairly long period uh, to analyze and so serve i mean the the sample size was quite large i'm sure absolutely right yeah 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 so uh, quite a you know so around 10000 odd companies that we have in our uh, coverage uh, you know broad universe was looked at lovely yeah so i think uh, i just want to quickly make uh, some uh, you know before we get into our individual products we were actually on the sure. earlier point of uh, performance hmm. so specifically i want to make some points on india and also you know the uh, the performance trends for the funds in the form of a basket uh, so specifically looking at india uh, msci india esg leader index you know uh, outperformed the MSCI's broad market index which is MSCI India by almost 200 basis points over last 13 years uh, so so ESG investing in India certainly delivered especially during the downturn in 2008 2011 and 2015 a better performance so clearly indicated a tilt towards quality and so low volatility as well so we are having some sort of you know back testing some prudent uh, you know uh, you know effective results for indian markets as well i just want to touch quickly touch upon the uh, the outperformance of funds right so uh, just i'll quickly spend couple of minutes there so as and when we think of you know esg outperformance conversation it's always you know good uh, i think prudent to talk about broader fund market how they have fared so over the first half of this year uh, through the ups and downs of the markets uh, we see that about 47% of the managed uh, funds they were able to beat their technical benchmarks uh, and at the end of uh, first quarter these numbers were even more muted uh, within you know with only 45% of uh, funds outperforming uh, compared to for, uh, 55% underperforming so quarter 2 actually has given some bit of improvement uh, in terms of outperformance not talking about the esg outperformance so here in contrast uh, to conventional fund managers esg managers actually have more outperformers than underperformers with you know 56% besting their technical indicators over the first half of the year and similar to the conventional peers they had a better uh, quarter 2 as they to raise the average from 56 46% split to you know 56 44% so you know esg as such you know the managed funds as well they have you know done better than you know the plain vanilla funds uh, and also within india also while the track record is limited and there are only the three funds as of now which i think all together amounts to around 4500 aum so this trend is picking up and once we have a longer track record we'll be able to see a you know a clear trend a broad trend in in this space Uh, so this was more on the you know the outperformance that ESG as a concept has seen across companies across funds. Great, Deepak. So fine, final question. You know, we've you've shown how ESG can actually be a pretty good factor when you compare it to equities. Tell us about the various products that Refinitiv has, and how can our listeners reach out to you or more or know more? Yeah. So uh, as I I think earlier mentioned, uh, we are a leading provider of uh, sustainable finance content. uh locally here in uh, india as well as uh, you know uh, globally uh, you know our solution includes uh, company esg data and ratings so individual companies are being rated are being scored by us across different uh, esg measures 
uh, we make this information available to institutional investors to kind of create their build their portfolio at the same time we could also uh, make it available to uh, you know uh, wealth firms you know the firms that run investor platforms so they could actually you know make this information available to uh, to public at large and they could benefit from this very powerful information to kind of shortlist companies for their investments we also have uh, country rankings based uh, basis the sustainable development goals prescribed by un so when you know a uh, uh, global asset managers when they are you know kind of allocating money across multiple uh, countries so uh, these country rankings at times are really very helpful we also do fund esg scores so like you know the company esg scores using the fund holding data that we track at our end where we have recently rolled out the fund esg scores so you know within india we cover around 700 odd uh, funds which are receiving uh, you know uh, you know esg scores from us on a monthly basis again a tool for uh, you know wealth management firms or individual investors to you know uh, to shortlist funds for their investments we have uh, sustainable finance league tables a uh, sustainable finance deals data that's more suited for uh, you know uh, investment banking firms the firms that are interested in tracking you know uh, sustainable finance uh, capital raising activities we also have uh, you know stuff like uh, esg portfolio analytics wherein uh, large asset management firms they can build their portfolios can analyze uh, the port- the the whole portfolio the integrated portfolio in a more of a uh f- from the esg lens you know so in the, the entire portfolio coming together and they could see what kind of carbon footprint the whole portfolio has instead of just looking at one company uh we also have esg news we also do carbon pricing research uh, we also do uh sentiment based you know so the uh, the information the the solution that i touched upon earlier that's more of the fundamental data which is disclosed by firms we also have you know artificial intelligence based uh, sentiment uh, scores for uh, indices for esg parameters again that's more of based on uh, uh, the social media you know the professional media what they're talking about companies on esg issues basis that we kind of create certain indices so a plethora of you know very holistic solution that we've got uh, you know happy to engage with the market participants for the needs sure sure so folks uh, there you go Uh, you know this is really very interesting discussion on esg and the fact that it actually works so deepak gives a lot of data about how how esg creates value correlations and all and all of the stuff if, if you're interested the website is refinitiv.com i'll spell it out for you r e f i n i t i v and that is a wrap on this esg special on paisa paisa my guest deepak kurana proposition sales director sustainable finance and for asia pacific at refinitiv deepak thank you so much for being our listeners my pleasure anupam thanks for having me thank you and listeners if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ibm network You can listen to us on the IBM Podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I'm PPP on Twitter. And thank you so much for listening to Pesa Vesa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.